0: Hi, welcome to the second episode with the lovely Jo Westwood. Um, Don't forget, if you want to hear my answers to the questions that she poses to me, just go to patreon.com forward slash datingmymates, where you'll get to hear me answering some questions for once. And you'll also get access to all the back catalogue of Agony Aunt questions and Patreon-exclusive questions that I pose to previous guests. Okay, then, here we go.
1: Something that I'm embarrassed of that I'm scared to admit is that I queefed in my boyfriend's mouth and then almost broke his arm and kicked him in the head <laughs> and then laid on the floor and did more. <laughs> At first sight, um, what do you think my answer is gonna be? I'm intrigued as to what you think I'll say.
0: Okay, I'm interested now because you reacted differently to the question to how I thought you would. <laughs>
1: um, I think
0: you would say no because of what love is, and that love is more than just liking the idea of someone. fancying someone or having a spark that love is shown love is sustained love is overcoming difficulties together it's problem solving it's learning one another and that you can't necessarily quantify that in the first gaze upon meeting someone and then perhaps you can have those moments with people but it's only when that's combined with the lasting love that you could say, oh, it was love at first sight, when actually probably a lot of people do have those connections with people. But then when it doesn't work out after the second date, you can't say that was love at first sight because it ended. That's what I would think. OK. But I would love it if you said, yeah, I believe in love at first sight.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. This is... um me correctly guessing the answers that my mates would give to the questions I ask. <laughs> 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 my name's e. Lawrence. Uh, <laughs> this is my successful offshoot podcast. Um the that is exactly that is exactly the answer that I would give. Exactly, down to a T. I Um mm. I think the idea at Love at First Sight is Something that we conveniently retrofit mm-hmm. like I can conveniently retrofit the idea of love at first sight to the my boyfriend like and there was like in the first so we met on a day now. There's no other
0: way to meet anyone these days.
1: <laughs> there is, there really isn't there really isn't. but yeah, like the conversation was instantly good. It flowed consistently. I didn't know whether I fancied him or not until I saw him in real life, because as is the case with a lot of straight men, his pictures were a real mixed bag. I'm like, well, mm. if you look like those three, I'll fancy you. And if you look like those three, I won't. Yeah. And you sent me a picture of him, and I was like, he looks a bit like a fuck boy. <laughs> well, and that was one of the good ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, he's hot, but he looks like a fuck boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's the opposite. I know. Oh, he's such sweet <laughs> um, And. Yeah and then like I and I saw him and I was like fuck yeah uh huh yeah okay and kind of felt a little bit awkward cuz I like instantly fancied him so it was like combining and then like the first date it was just great like again conversation flowed it was fun we laughed and it really hasn't changed like in the months that we've been together and now we are in love and like we've been through some fucking wild shit in that time as well. Mm. And so I can kind of conveniently retrofit it because I'm like, I don't, I don't really feel any, I guess there's more depth of feeling and obviously we know each other better. And we have been through quite a lot in the reasonably short period of time. um, But I don't really feel any differently about him now that I'm in love with him and we're kind of like planning a future together than I did I guess when I first met him just that I know him more but I wouldn't say it was love at first sight I think the only other thing that I would say about love at first sight for me again as a codependent person is it's only probably in the last year that I, I could trust myself enough like I get, well, yeah. I've had enmeshment and I've had instant chemistry and connection with people that I probably would have said at the time. Again, I don't think I've ever really believed in it, but I might have said at the time, like, yeah, I knew I loved this person from the moment I met them. I didn't. I was fucking addicted to them. Like they triggered a trauma response in me. Like we had a trauma bond. Like we fit together like a hand our dysfunction fit together like a hand in a glove. Like that's what it was when I thought it was love at first sight. And so the idea of that actually to me is quite scary because if I felt like that with somebody, I, I, my first question to myself would be, are you spiralling into your mm, codependency? That thing about
0: trusting yourself. And I definitely went, I, I have a shame around talking about being in a relationship because I feel, so, I have the wonderful uh, honour of having the worst attachment style. (laughs) Um, So I'm anxious avoidant. So I have this deep thing in me that if I submit Mm. to romantic love, that my independence is null and void, essentially. But that also comes from the fact that I'm also anxious and a raging codependent in previous relationships. And I had to keep all that in check. So I have that side of me. I also have a thing about the fact that when I was in first in recovery, I did not understand the difference between love, intimacy, sex. It was all very muddled to me because of past experiences that I'd had. And I had to not to be in any intimate relationships, which is recommended to anyone in 12-step recovery because you just replace one thing for another, including you just bring the people in and you use them like you would have used your other substance of choice. But it, I, my sponsor at the time, who was wonderful and did so much for me, was very anti-relationships and anti-men because of her also previous experiences and traumas. And I carry a shame around... Talking about relationships because I the way that I think others perceive me is oh here she goes again here she goes again with another person that she's dating and it ain't going to be the right person and she's not learned any lessons and you know I'm very superlative I I'm everything's always the best or the worst or they're this or they're that and 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 I would often like charge around and I'd be talk I'd be with my friends but I wouldn't be present I'd be on Tinder all of that. Sort of stuff. And then there's also the added little cherry on top of the thing that we spoke about, which is in my core being nervous that long term relationships do not last. So I have all this stuff surrounding being feeling shame around talking about being in a fucking happy, healthy relationship because for a lot of the time I'd say, oh, it's different this time or it's this or it's that or it's that. And actually, all I have to do is just crack on and have a nice time, and if someone asks me, I'll tell them, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel that. I really feel that. I don't, my, I'm just, like, 100% pure um, anxious. Um, I don't have an avoidant bone in my body. Mm. Um, but I definitely do have some of that. I wouldn't say it's shame, but for me it's more of, like, a creakiness or an embarrassment of, like, oh, but isn't everybody you've been out with been, like, the best fucking person? Mm -hmm. Hasn't everybody you've been out with been, like, the most compatible, blah, blah, blah? Like, the thing for me is, like, I'm a really good salesperson. I I can sell anything to anyone. Like, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm a marketeer at heart. And I could sell the most dysfunctional motherfucker. Not, first of all, of course, to myself and then to other people. And also selling myself And as the savior of that person, and that was why it was such a great connection, and that was why it was going to work out, and that was why it was such a great match. Um, and so yeah, I definitely have a little bit of that myself. Like now I'm with this genuinely great person who is a genuinely good match, who I don't feel like I have to be or want to be the savior of. And it's, I'm like, no, guys, this time it's real.
0: (laughs) <laughs> mm, I think a marker for me that I've noticed, not just in myself previously, but in some of my friends as well, is if I'm asking them about their relationship and we're good friends, and all I'm getting back is wonderful, 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 I don't trust it. Because I yeah. think when you're in a relationship that actually you don't trust yourself, you don't tell anyone about the real stuff because you know they'll pick up on it and it's not right but actually if you're in a a place where you know that these things aren't you um compromising on yourself these are just things that you're learning and hurdles that you're overcoming Mm -hmm. together with that person then you're like yeah oh you'll share that stuff because actually everything's great there are just things in it that you're learning about one another And there are bumps Mm. and there are hurdles and there will be forever more. It's about how you overcome them. And, you know, I have had moments where. And I know that this is a very shared experience where you have some kind of conflict and then resolution and then you fall in love with that person even more. That's in terms of family, friends, romantic relationships, because you've overcome something together. But then that can also slip into the kind of the extreme of that is like the trauma bonding side. So as you're just constantly juggling what is healthy, but there is also something to be said in terms of the ease of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like there should be a certain level where it is easy and it is fun. And that is a vast majority of the relationship. There's just the kind of undercurrent of the work that you need to be willing to do as well. I think if that's not too much of a contradiction.
1: So I think even when, so in a relationship where it is genuinely easy and there is that sense of fun and flow, I think even when you have to do the difficult stuff, it's still relatively easy. As yes. in, I can speak to, like, I can actually have a conversation with this person and they're willing to have the conversation with me. Yes. They're, they're willing to listen. They're yeah. open. We can actually find a resolution to it. Mm-hmm, it isn't mm-hmm. a fucking uphill battle anytime something difficult comes up like yeah it's gross and it's horrible and nobody wants to have difficult awkward conversations and expose their wounds to a person that they find insanely attractive (laughs) but you can do that and then relatively quickly you're kind of through the other side and you've got a resolution and then you can just get on yeah whereas when it's an unhealthy relationship it's dysfunctional you're not a match those types of conversations are uphill battles and you don't feel heard and you don't find a resolution and so it actually just constantly feels like work Mm. it's either constantly feels like work or you're just always shoving something down
0: yes that's that's the difference isn't it it's how you're met on the other side and yeah I I quite look forward to like having the conversations now because for so long I just didn't dare to have them and then being met with Mm. complete compassion, openness, non-judgment is like, fucking out, this is great. <laughs> like, it's still terrifying, but just that absolute certainty that they're not going to fucking run because you've exposed a part of yourself that you find difficult to talk about or a need or a want yeah. or a desire and all of that sort of stuff. And again, that applies in my life to my friends, my family, people that I come into contact with. And that is... Wonderful. And it's it's that thing of once you get that once you realise that oh, perhaps these relationships that I've built are safe. Perhaps I can say these things to these people and they're still going to accept me. And that's absolutely gorgeous. There's absolutely no segue for this. What is the best Valentine's gift you've ever received?
1: <laughs> okay. So I don't think I've had a lot of Valentine's gifts. If mm. I have, they've been so shit. Forgot like Yeah. And, um, <laughs> um, but there was, and I, I, I kind of hate that this was like my best Valentine's Day because it was with somebody that I'm really repulsed by now. <laughs> repulsed? Repelled? I never know. Anyway, but somebody who, yeah, is not, was not a good person, and. Part of the reason it was so great is because we were like fully in the dysfunctional love bombing mm. stage, like hardcore mm. meshing. So, I mean, I think what really gives it away is that we had met at the very beginning of January, and by by Valentine's Day, I was letting myself into his house. I'll do it. <laughs> so that's that's like the level we're at. Mm. But. The, Like, if somebody lovely and healthy did this for me, this would be great, because it was a fucking great Valentine's Day. So.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, you just can't take this away. It was, the motivation was terrible, and I'm going to give it away now, but we got married eight months later, so. uh, (laughs)
0: Oops. -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert.
1: Um but. So he'd invited me round for Valentine's Day and I didn't know what was happening, what we were doing. But there was like a little note on the door to let myself in. I let myself in. The whole house was lit with candles. There was a glass of champagne waiting for me on the table. There was a series of notes Mm -hmm. and candles like on the stairs leading up to the bedroom. And then I had a little Mm -hmm. menu Mm -hmm. that I could select from of what I wanted. Obviously, something with sex. Um but there was also that I could open so. my present. And my present I don't know if there was something else. I think it might have just been a box of cream eggs, which was great because I fucking love a cream egg. <laughs> um and I think I was particularly obsessed with them at that time and he knew that. And I was like that I mean that's the kind of thing that I do like. Again, I hate that it was that person, but um <laughs> mm. that's the kind of thing that I like because it's it was like It was the thought, it was the effort, it was the element of surprise, like and it was it was just great. I was like, fuck, this is this is if anything was gonna happen for Valentine's Day, this is what I would want it to be, like this or something similar. So Um, I would say that was my best Valentine's. Yeah.
0: What about your worst?
1: Um so my worst was Again, like I, it's not something I've ever like made a really big deal of. So, weirdly, m- my worst was when nothing happened, but it was when we were trying mm. to make something happen. So, again, this was with like this was in another uh. horribly shit dysfunctional relationship. Oh, like the rot was had really set in at that point. Like it was, it was awful. Like I came out of the other side mm. of that relationship a shell of my former self like I, I literally felt like somebody yeah. had followed me out it was very mm. bad and I was I was young at the time as well I think I was only like 23 24 um yeah just I wanted to I I was I was at a stage where I was like testing this person I was like give me fucking something give me anything and he was quite mm. um, in a business he was quite wealthy um I was like, if you can give me something, give me something materialistic, even like you can't give me anything emotionally. But I know money is easy for you. So can you like book us a weekend away for Valentine's Day? Like, can you do something? Can you make some effort? Yeah. And it was the fact that I was having to like push so hard for that. Mm. And it was all just driven by... Like thinking that I was going to be able to plaster over the fucking seismic cracks in our relationship with a romantic weekend away yeah. to a country house hotel for Valentine's Day.
0: It's, <laughs> it's such so a crazy. common thing to have these grand gestures and think that that's going to change things enough. And the I think the most sad extreme of that is people having children or people having pets, or getting married, or I think the most dangerous one is definitely having children. Um, But but it is that thing of, if if I can pull the rug enough, if I can change this up enough, it will bring back that person that they first were, or it will shake us into remembering what it was before. And when actually it's just two people that have come to an end and then doing those things is just so sad but why do you think it is that we that it's such a common thing that people will try and salvage a relationship with children or marriage or because I know I noticed a trend of I think it was last year of people being in very, very long-term relationships, getting married, and then separating quite quickly afterwards. And I thought, what is that about? I don't think that marriage is as it, like marriage isn't what it used to be, which is you hadn't even lived together. You didn't really know one another until you got married. And the only thing I could think that it could be is that people were trying to like I say salvage that relationship and mix it up and and have this grand gesture and then realizing that actually it was the end of the relationship not the beginning of the next phase of it almost maybe
1: yeah and it's just intensified like trying to do that grand gesture it hasn't made anything better and it's actually just intensified the problems Mm, yeah Because it's like, oh, if it's a marriage, well, now you're locked in with this person. Or, you know, if it's a child, well, oh, now now you've got all the same problems that you had in your relationship. Now you're exhausted (laughs) as well.
0: Yeah, and you've got this little human that's a constant reminder until you die of the person that you've just had that baby with. This is why you should never have children with people that you don't find attractive or you don't like. Because you're going to have a reminder of them for a very long time.
1: Yeah, that must be tough. Yeah. (laughs) so I think this is this is like so sad like so sad something I used to do very often in relationships was I had just diminished my own wants and needs and desires so much that I would try and like have a grand gesture Mm. moment and what it was for me was, it was like I was, like, it was like I was thirsty in a desert, mm. and I was like, I can't. What I need to do is get out of this desert, and I need to go somewhere where I have a consistent water source, so I can stop being dehydrated all the time. But what I would do instead is, it was almost like this was an oasis in the desert, and I'm like, if I can just have one really big goal. That'll keep you going for ages. Sustain you,
0: yeah.
1: Hoping that the grand gestures, and it's like, oh, well, if I could get them to do a grand gesture for Christmas, Valentine's, and my birthday, because my birthday's in the summer, maybe that could be enough to, like, sustain me through these intensely dry periods where I'm getting nothing from this person. But that's
0: the thing is also, you're the one setting it all up you're the one coming in with the props and the scenery and the notes and Mm -hmm. you're directing and orchestrating the whole thing. Nothing is coming from them. And I think that's the other thing in codependent relationships is being so, seeing someone's potential, being so scared that they're never going to fulfill that. So trying to do it all for them, trying to pull them up by their bootstraps, trying to give them confidence trying to show them what they could be. I'll just do this. I'll just move you here. I'll direct you here. I'll put you in contact with this person. And actually, it's that thing of like, if I left this person alone, they probably wouldn't do any of that. And actually, then would they be the person that I want to be with anyway? And it's that thing of like really letting go and just allowing that person to be who they are. And that if they're going to do it, they're going to do it but if they're not, they're not. But yeah, it's that, you know, and, and then and then we'd go around saying, oh, this person's done this thing for me. And it's like, they didn't though, did they? They didn't. You did that for yourself. No, you
1: organised, yeah, you told them what to do. You organised the whole thing. Like he, gave, he passed you his credit card over and was like, okay, yeah, you just book it. Mm. Like that person, in, and I just remember actually just, it was like the bottom just felt like it fell out mm. at that point you know uh, of me of my fucking soul because i was like you can't even like how hard is it just to fucking organize something for valentines like yeah and it, that's where mm-hmm. i was really like scrabbling because valentines doesn't even really mean that much to me but i kind of made it mean something to me because i was like this is prove it prove you love me mm. i i used to say to this person i said to him more than once because he uh so he had a business he's a very successful business person and i said to him if you treated your clients the same way you treated me would you have clients and he said no Mm. so he knew Mm. he knew how much he was neglecting you me and our relationship Mm. and he still couldn't change it Mm. like he was lucid enough to know that it he wouldn't have a successful business if he gave his clients the same amount of attention that he gave me, but he still couldn't change it. And I thought going away for a weekend for Valentine's would fix it. All he
0: had to do was pay him an hourly rate and then he would have been in. (laughs) Yeah. For his services. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Um, I would like to know how does being in love change your life?
1: Oh, how being in love changed my life! Well, um, people are gonna think that i have like a split personality because I am all over the place on this podcast. I'm like Ugh, Valentine's Day cynicism, and then I'm like, "Oh, love! It makes my whole life better." <laughs> 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 um, I so like I think I'm a lover. Like I do, I, I. Yeah, in my you know in my like definition of love which is like the real stuff the deep stuff like and i i you you may or may not be into astrology listening to this but i love me some astrology <laughs> just for shits and giggles and i really feel like in my bones that i am very much a cancerian like it, mm-hmm. if, if you are loved by a cancerian it is the most loved you will ever feel like if anyone hurts someone that I love like I will cut a bitch I'm not joking I am not joking and if you also have a Scorpio friend me and they will kill and bury that body and you will never have to see that person again and never have to worry about them and you will never be in any pain we will take care of that for you that is my whole vibe I love I love hard. this is now
0: this is going to be used in evidence on police tapes now this interview
1: (laughs) well that and all the memes I've ever posted about how I will violently (laughs) murder anyone who hurts you um but like (laughs) like when I love I love hard and I think for me giving love does fulfill me and it's it's weird because it's again something that i have to be really careful with being a codependent person that i'm making sure i'm doing that in a healthy way and not overgiving because i desperately need the validation of being wanted and needed back but for me like loving whether it's a, a romantic partner or friends it just it fills me up it kind of how to explain it it mm. almost like self multiplies like the more love I give, the more in you know in healthy relationships where it's reciprocated. Like the more love I feel, and the more love I feel able to give, and the more like solid I feel in love. I think the more I fulfil my potential. Yeah, as an individual. So yeah, that's no. I, I love I love that I love love. <laughs>
0: but it is it's the reciprocity of love. It's the giving and receiving. It's the flow of it. And I think that, you know, I I had a very, very fulfilled life before I met someone. And that was because it was full, abundant Mm. with love. And I put a lot of energy and time into my friendships. Mm. And I, I do that because I want to do it. But then you're met with that energy back as well. And I remember talking with, I think Tim asked me on the episode that I did with him um, Mm -hmm. what it is that I want in a relationship and and what I want that to look like. And I realised, talking to you now, that that's what I've got. It's that thing which, again, made me almost feel ashamed to say, but feeling more beautiful, feeling more confident, feeling more sexy, feeling like someone absolutely believes in me feeling like I don't even need to do anything I can just be and I am a whole person and I think it's because you're and and you know someone that you just think is the fucking dog's bollocks thinking that back to you and it's just like a really uplifting thing and then obviously you've got all the bloody hormones and things running around in you that just make you glow and make you feel good and you know, just the songs all make sense and all that gross shit that happens. But <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up.
1: Uh, um, uh,
0: now who's,
1: extra, who's in? <laughs> now oh Katrina God. E Lawrence. Now all the songs make sense. I know you know what I mean. So shut your gob. Shut your gob. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: But in terms of sexiness, like what do you find sexy?
1: Oh, okay. Oh, can I just finish off one thing about love? Always, and what it gives to me, and what it means to me. Like, I think this is kind of a this to me is like a sign of when I really love somebody is when, mm. and it does it comes back to my little crabby, cancerian protectiveness <laughs> is when I want to protect a person when I feel like I. I will stand between you and whoever is hurting you or like even preemptively of like nobody's fucking touching you with words or in any other way. That to me is like Mm. when my love switch has been flicked and it's almost Mm. like You know, there's those stories of, like, superhuman strength when, like, a car's rolled on top of a kid and, like, the mother picks up the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel when I love somebody. Is like, oh, oh, are we we going? You need me. Okay, I'm down. Just, I'll be there. And it's like I just have this, like, super intense feeling of, like, wanting to protect people. So, like, yeah, anyway. it It gives me, like, almost a... Feeling. Do you allow others
0: to do that for you as well? Do you think that's do you think that's a necessary component to it is knowing that they feel the same way?
1: I don't know if I have had that. I fucking love it. Like I think I've had moments of it from other people, and when I get it, I'm like, oh my god, like it makes me feel so loved. Just so you know. I don't think I've had
0: I'm a saggy, but one hundo yeah. that's how I feel about you and I fucking hope you know that. Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But I I I know I know what you're talking about. And I think I think the hardest thing for me is, you know, being in codependent relationships previously, I I out of a control thing, out of trying to change the person who wasn't right for me, always took on took ownership Always did the most, did the most labor, took financial, whatever it was. I was always, oh no, I'll do that. Oh no, no, no. Da, 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 da. And when people do stuff for me, I find it so uncomfortable initially. And allowing others mm-hmm. to demonstrate that is weirdly the hardest thing that I'm learning to do the most recently. Mm-hmm. Allowing people to do nice stuff for me, not feeling guilty about it. And also there's that fear of when you lean into that, what if it goes away? What if mm. you're then, rel- you've got this lovely little pocket of your life that you lean back into and then it's gone. But yeah. I think it's just about balancing and having yourself as a whole person, but then rejoicing in the fact that you found friends, family members or a romantic partner that can give you those things. And yeah, I found that the hardest, but I think that for me, similarly, I, think a big part of love is seeing someone's what they might consider flaws or, in, or insecurities and then and allowing them to see yours I think it is just all to do with the reciprocal nature of things and balance for me because when something's out of whack when I'm doing the most or someone else is doing the most that's when I think it's unfair when you've just got that flow of I'm in need, now you're in need. I'm in need, now you're in need. And that's something that we do very well in our relationship. It's never, I've never felt that, That it's just easy. This yeah. is what we're talking about. It's just easy. Like I fucking adore you. So when you're on the phone, I'm excited to talk to you. I don't care if it's because you're in need or you've got something funny to tell me or, and then the opposite I know is true. And I never feel like, I don't know it's just fucking great. it's just great when you've got that just love and trust, and yeah, you've got each other's backs, and yeah, I definitely have that with you, and it's absolutely gorgeous
1: oh thank you darling so like off the top of my head <clears throat> there's there's you, my boyfriend, my sister, one of my oldest pals and and um sex in the city reboot and just like that that no one can say anything about and that i will mine community. is so similar
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well yeah
1: i mean there are other people there are other friends definitely that i love but like off the top of my head like that's like my five people or, or like four mm. people in a tv show where i'm like i they, these people can do no wrong i don't care like they might be wrong and I'll tell them yes. that in private. And we can bitch as fans, as fans of just like that. We can bitch about it and be like, oh my God, that was ridiculous. But in public, Well, it's the
0: whole, not- It's the whole thing of like, no, I can say that about my mum, but you fucking can't. It's that thing, but just exactly. applied to different people. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, and the, the, the strength of feeling that I have towards those people on that TV show is like, I will I will fight you yes yeah, like, I same. will fight you I feel that strongly yeah. like I'm yeah. going to act but it's being a true fan understand. it's like it's that level of fandom mm.
0: that you have when you're younger and you've got that person on yeah. your wall and you do not care is it healthy no is it absolutely gorgeous no. to be part of 100 percent yes yes it's lovely no it's I absolutely. <laughs> Um, wait, what do you find sexy? <laughs> did we say? Oh, no, we were talking oh, about the last thing. What?
1: <laughs> did I ask the
0: question? I did ask the question, but then we went back. We circled back. What do you find yeah. sexy?
1: Ooh, okay. What do I find sexy? Um, Two things come to mind. Um, One... Or maybe it's three, <laughs> maybe two, or maybe, maybe it's seven. One watching, maybe, <laughs> um, watching somebody work or you talk about fucking their work.
0: Love that you get off on that so hard.
1: <laughs> it's like, yeah, honest to god, it's a little bit embarrassing. Um, <laughs> love that, and then. I guess, like, adjacent to that. It could be, I guess it's kind of the same thing, but adjacent is, like, seeing somebody excited and passionate about something in their life. Yes, yes. That might be their work, but it could be something else. I don't know. I just love seeing somebody, like, in their element. like Yeah. Because I think, especially when you're, like, particularly in a relationship, seeing somebody in that way, being passionate about something that's theirs whether it's their work or it's a hobby it's almost like seeing them in their like outside persona like you get their inside persona all the time and you get Mm. sometimes a bit of their outside persona you know and you kind of get dressed up and you go out and you mix things up but seeing them as it's like seeing them through other people's eyes and Mm. like seeing them as professional or seeing them like be good at something or seeing them be passionate about something I'm like fuck (laughs) like it does me in like I can't hope um so my boyfriend is a barber and he cuts my hair and when he cuts my hair like I feel so (laughs) awkward oh my god like I'm covering my eyes like (laughs) fetch them up like watching him get all his tools out and like just do it and then I'm hey. like and I'm like what? and I've been once um, to like he normally does my hair at home but I've been once to the shop <laughs> sitting in the barber's chair <laughs> seeing him do it in a mirror I had to close my eyes I couldn't even look it was too overwhelming <laughs> yeah um yeah that that just doesn't um and then the other thing is someone like I love to see people laugh yeah I love people laughing and like having a good time and kind of like losing it a little bit like yeah and I love people that can laugh easily and consistent one part of me that is consistent because I remember saying this on the first episode that we did together like someone that laughs yeah. easily. No, it's the best. Someone that's not only funny and can make other people laugh, but and I've I've had this before, like I find it a real turn off when people think that they're too funny to laugh at other people's jokes. Not the one for me. No. I want somebody who is like willing to just like crack up, break out in laughter like the first time that they meet you oh my god
0: so good
1: yeah and like i love a smile i love a smile like i want give give me lots and lots and lots of that like that never gets old for me um i don't want there to be a price of admission to your joy so yeah i would say i think they're the things that i find sexy
0: yeah, I love those answers. Yeah, I definitely think that someone, for me, yeah, if someone's passionate about something, or I, yeah, if someone has a knowledge and a passion about things, I think I find, I mean, I just find confidence sexy. I think that's quite a standard thing. And long hair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and long hair. I love that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm going to be honest. Um, I would like to know what makes you feel sexy?
1: Ooh. What makes me feel sexy? Oh God, be really embarrassing. Um, What makes me feel sexy is like somebody else looking at me like I'm an absolute smoke show. Like someone that I'm into. Not just randoms because I kind of get... Yeah. I think I get looked at quite a lot. Not... Uh, it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn and I don't think it's because I'm hot I think it's Too I'm, maybe a bit unusual looking particularly for where I live but like I just tuned out of that when I was a teenager but I'm talking about like someone that I'm in a relationship with or someone that I have a crush on like someone that I fancy that I'm into looking at me like I'm a fucking smoke show you know like devouring me with their eyes like that makes me feel sexy. That makes me feel... What? I was
0: going to say, as a half joke, the thing that makes me feel sexy is the male gaze. But I'm sorry, there's an element to it. It's just the correct man.
1: Yeah. But, like, from someone you like, from someone you fancy... Yeah, 100%. Like, that, that's it for me. I think the other thing is, um, like, someone noticing little details about me. Um so like something that my and especially if it's something that other people have said that they have disliked or sometimes people pick up in a like maybe negative way. So I have this big ridiculous like witch cackle slash squeal of a laugh which also turns into like mutly not able to breathe vibes. Um, and like something that my boyfriend picked up on, on our first date is how much he liked my laugh. Mm. Um, so he said to me, he, he actually said to me, when you threw your head back and laughed, like almost in abandon, I knew I was in trouble. Oh my God, I love that. That was what sealed the deal for me. I
0: love that. Oh my God. I yeah, I think part of it for me is um, being in a space of no judgment as well makes me feel hot because it's like it doesn't fucking matter. You just fancy me, and I think I think yeah, me yeah. feeling fancied makes me feel sexy. I think, and also like certain clothes and and but yeah, I think it is how someone else makes me feel might not be the, the correct thing in this day and age, but it is and also you know when you look fit, it's really nice when you just thought, like, I look great. And sometimes that is embedding yeah. glasses on, but you're just having a particularly glowy
1: day. Yeah, obviously. Like <clears throat> I love all of that. I kind of feel like that's a given. Like I can make myself feel hot on a given day if I want to. There's been plenty of times when I've yeah. like Done myself up and just taking myself for a little solo night out for a dance and felt mm. like a smoke show all on my own. Um, and not because I was going out to Paul, that was not the aim of the game, <clears throat> just to yeah. enjoy the music. Yeah. But yeah, there is there's something pretty special about somebody that you think is mega fit looking at you like you're mega fit. It's the
0: best. Yeah. yeah. It's so nice. Oh, it's delish. Joe, I would like to know. Final question. Is it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all?
1: Oh, um, <clears throat> what do you think I'm going to say?
0: I think, yeah, because you have like to experience it. Real love is like nothing else. And I think it's a damn shame. And I also think that it's very hard for someone to have never felt loved in some capacity in their lifetime. But I think in terms of romantic love, fuck. Yeah. Like my biggest fear is my closest people to me dying, but I wouldn't give up the times I've had with them. Oh my God. I'm actually going to cry. I would never give that up. Even if.
1: Yeah the most
0: difficult thing did happen and it has happened with people that are close to me and also I think that just relationships coming to an end that love when it's you know it's it's real it's always there on some level it might change um but I think love is the thing
1: yeah for sure yeah like i surely no one is going to have a different answer than that of course to have loved and lost like <laughs> what is the point of being alive it's one of the i i think it's kind of one of the points of the human experience not the only point
0: yeah.
1: of existence but certainly like kind of one of the points of being here in this fucking burning capitalist hellscape if we can't have some love while we're here like Mm. and I feel exactly the same as you actually um I think it's it's not something (laughs) it's not something that I feel as I think consistently as a fear of like losing people Mm. close to me but it's certainly Mm. a thought that comes up for me more often I think now that I'm in this amazing healthy relationship with this person that it's just fucking incredible it's like thinking Mm. like what if what if they died like what if they got ill and like Mm. what if we're a really short time together like what if I only get five or ten years with this person and you know obviously just stand there in my kitchen breaking my own heart but I'm like well what so enjoy every minute that you've got with them because that could happen I hope it doesn't but it could mm. it could happen the other way around it could be me that goes. like who knows what's going to happen but like I wouldn't not want to have them in my life like I'm gonna squeeze every fucking bit of juice out of this <laughs> like, mm. yeah yeah
0: yeah mm. yeah I think that it is a thing that we can use in a negative way which is um the whole YOLO, being a bit too spontaneous, or sort of mm, spontaneous isn't the word I'm looking for. Nor is irrational. What's the word I'm looking
1: reckless. for?
0: Yeah, reckless, impulsive. That was the word. But yeah, reckless and impulsive. And well, I'm just going to marry them now because they might not be here tomorrow, or I'm not going to plan anything, or all of that sort of thing. But again, it comes down to extremes and balance, doesn't it? But I, you know, yeah, like love is just the most incredible feeling. And, you know, it's like, I can't think about losing my sister because I just break down. Like she, my sister is the love of my life. I adore her. She is my favourite person in the world. And I, I, my feelings for her are so deep and so strong and I'm literally crying again because I just, like, when I think about how much I love her, I find it so overwhelming. And, you know, I do have that fear that something might happen just from past experiences, but, my God, like, yeah, I wouldn't give that away for anything in the world and you know i i adore you and i just love that in the past you know i tried to make this a podcast about traditional views of love because i knew that i would just gush about because it's so easy for me to gush about my friends and my family but i don't find it easy to explore that in in romantic relationships but of course i've not been able to contain it in that because of how i feel about people and i You know, I feel very deeply and very strongly. Um, But I love you and I appreciate you and I'm grateful for you. And I'm so glad that I deigned to DM you and ask you to come on my podcast.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so glad that you did as well. Like, I was thinking yesterday, you know, everybody's had a, a really tough time. Like most people, everybody had a really tough time over the last couple of years like a global pandemic is like it really it is a once in a lifetime experience yeah um, hopefully it's yeah hopefully like it's been mad it's done some really weird things to people it's been so tough but i feel really grateful and really lucky for the things that have come out of it for me like You know the the growth that I got, the learning that I did, the relationship that I was able to release myself from in that time. Mm -hmm. How my work has changed and transformed, and then last year, like it's so funny seeing all these memes at the end of twenty twenty one. Like, see you, motherfucker. We hate you. Mm. New year, new life. Oh my god, we hope it's different this year. And I'm like, yeah, like I, fuck, I. I feel smug and privileged as fuck to say this because I mm-hmm. I didn't have any of the worst effects of the pandemic affect me. But I was like, mm-hmm. I kind of don't feel that way about 2021. Like I moved back to my hometown, which is <laughs> a challenge. But also mm-hmm. it's been great. I've been around my family. I met a best friend in you, mm-hmm. which has been mm-hmm. incredible. I met this amazing love. Like I've actually, I actually had a really cool year. Like I don't want to wipe 2021 off the face of the earth. I liked it. Like
0: that's great yeah. though, and you shouldn't feel bad for that. And you should, you know, that it's amazing. And I think something that did you made me cry once because you said that you know I was talking about you were talking about the change that you saw in me because when we met, I was in a really dark place and I'd struggled for a few months. I had a really really difficult period. And you just said to me, "But I loved you anyway. I absolutely adored you then, and that just made me feel so that yeah, that just that love that you know, you just you saw me, you met me where I was at, which was like pretty unhappy little bean, but you just still wanted to be around me and be my friend, and then and then you saw me, you know." come out the other side of doing all that really hard work and then moving back to the place that I love and being around my friends and yeah that moment meant so much to me when you said that and yeah i just um i love you and thanks for being my valentine on the on the pod
1: <laughs> oh well i love you too oh, thank oh. you for being valentine
0: and we love everybody listening unless you're a cunt but thanks for listening anyway
1: unless you're a cunt in which case I'm going to kill you and bury you
0: <laughs> she is not me I'm a Sagittarius <laughs> oh Joe! thank you so much I, oh, love, you. I love you thanks too. so much everyone for listening I hope you are filled with love in whatever that looks like for you. This is the last in the series. I'll be back next series and it will just be straight up interviews. I've decided to drop the agony on sections and just get back to chatting to all the people that I love the most. And um, So if you go to Date My Mates or One Word on Instagram, you'll find a lovely little picture of Joe. And you can click on her face or her boob, wherever I put the tag, and go and follow her. She is the codependency coach, and she is one of the wisest, sassiest people I know. Go and get all your knowledge from her. Thanks to the guys at Digit Music. Go follow them at Digit underscore music and look at all the amazing work that they do making music accessible to less able-bodied individuals. Thank you, Joe. I love you. And... Um, I'll see you next
1: series. Bye. 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 Bye.